0: Long post radio. Know I love.
1: Thank
2: For this enlightening and much needed conversation on this evening, celebrating uh, um the awareness of domestic violence, and yes, I said celebrating because it's important to embrace this conversation and talk about what needs to be talked talked about, but also take action so i'm I'm very happy and um I don't mind sharing what needs to be talked about as it relates to mental health and everything that, that comes along with it. So welcome, come on in. If you're tuning in live on Facebook, thank you for joining us. Blog Talk Radio, welcome, welcome. If you would like to join the show, make some comments I have some questions, you can dial 323 870 4375 Again, that's 323 870 Four three seven five. press 1 to join and if you would like to email the show any questions, concerns or topics that you want us to discuss you can email us at hst at ttlomedia.net again it's hst at ttlomedia.net and of course you can follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram Facebook as well as Twitter at Healthy Soul Talk all one word. Again, welcome. You're tuning in live to the Healthy Soul Talk Show with your girl, your favorite therapist, Dr. Kimberly Thomas, and I'm ready to check in with my favorite producers. How are you all doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm good. It's it's uh, a okay, it's a um, Friday it's a uh, Friday eve. <laughs> That's what we <laughs> at my school that's what we have named Thursday. We don't even call Thursday Thursday anymore. Really? Thursday no longer has a name. It is literally called Friday eve. You know it must not be all that great if we can wow. if Thursday has lost its name. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now is it a low-key day on Fridays or is it just as
1: No, it's no, just it's as just, bad. It's just the fact that we know that okay. is yeah. So it's officially Thursday eve. Okay. Yeah. Things um, might be different on the other side of the room. But over here on this side of the room it's Thursday Eve.
2: That's
1: all I got to say. Oh
2: my goodness, you, how are you? I'm well. Come on, I'm well. Yes, is she proper too? I'm well. Mm. Everything going well with you? You being treated right? Yes, I am. Yes. No complaints. <laughs> Very good, very good Yes (laughs) I am, um, for some reason I'm ready for the first break For school Already? How you ready before the people That work at the school? I I just I'm feeling some type of way (laughs) I I cannot seem to get This schedule in order And uh, I don't know really Mm -hmm. you know, how to explain it because I have a bus service who at this point runs when it wants to run and Mm. when it doesn't run, that means I got to push my schedule back and up, right, because I have to be there to drop off and pick up and
0: Mm -hmm.
2: it's just a lot right now. Mm. And Yeah, yeah. So it's like enough already.
0: Mm. Okay.
2: And you know, that it was a post you posted not too long ago. Yeah. About uh remember those who are in uh, you, you were going by grade level.
1: hmm Yeah. <laughs> remember that the fifth graders are really third graders who've been sitting on the couch for eighteen months? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I thought about that and I was like self, right? <laughs> you gotta mm-hmm. be a little bit more understanding. Mm-hmm. With with this lack of motivation to do homework and, and just the whole you know, you mean to tell me I got to get up and do five pages and this, that, and the other? And mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not trying to hear that. Mm. I'm, I'm just, and then I, I you know, I'm just going to be honest. I'm the parent that says, it's okay, let's go to bed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I have not found the rhythm okay. of doing homework uh, uh, at night mm-hmm. in in the capacity that it's giving it. <laughs> me.
0: Mm,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> so so pray for me. Pray for me. Always, always, absolutely. Because I'm struggling.
1: We all are. We all are at some point.
2: I am struggling. All right, here we go. So this month we we've been you know diving into talking about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the past couple of weeks we've been just really um, looking at the behaviors and uh, you know victimology and you know perpetrators. And so I wanted to wrap up talking about the importance of accountability and change. Like we we talk about the awareness part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, of course, helping survivors get the resources they need and you know um, recover right, mm-hmm. from the trauma of being in that abuse relationship, but rarely do we focus on rehabilitation of the abuser. Mm-hmm. And so this is so important when you say, well, what can help reduce, what can actually make mm-hmm. a, a core difference, right, in, in the statistics, and that is helping rehabilitate the abuser. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I want to go for this topic tonight is really zoning in on accountability and change and actually promoting that, mm-hmm. right? Because I think about that whole, um, that statement that, you know, once an addict, always an addict. Once an abuser, always an abuser. Mm-hmm. If we keep that mindset, we won't address the issue. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We're not addressing the issue mm-hmm. if we're not at least instilling hope that there is you know there is a way to address the issues, and you can change. You don't have to continue victimizing, mm-hmm. right, uh, or, or being abusive in your relationship. So that's where I am this evening is really talking about change, uh, what what intervention looks like for an abuser, an aggressor, and just really putting out there if you have a loved one or if you are that person mm-hmm. that needs to address these needs. There is help. You don't have to stay as is,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Because that's helpless. That's a helpless state. That's a hopeless state, right? so that you you feel like okay, there's no hope. There's no no uh, outlet for change. Mm-hmm. And so, as you know, we always start the show with spiritual a spiritual connect point. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's another question, right? That that you know um, we vi- visited. This before, but I thought about this in this particular context here that we're talking about when we ask that question: Can God change anyone? Mm. Right? Um, and I was I was thinking about this, especially w- what we talked about last week, and just really do we underestimate God and His power to change someone?
0: Mm.
2: Right? Are we selective in? who we apply the power of God to
0: mm-hmm. as it
2: relates to change, deliverance, right? Setting free. And and I pose that question. and I don't know if it's a rhetorical question because mm-hmm. the answer is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course you can, but I feel like as a, as, a, as a body, right? As mm-hmm. a body of Christ, just even just a part of society, we underestimate, a person's ability to change, and when we connect it to a spiritual point, somehow there are some things that we often say or allude to that God can't fix,
0: mm.
2: right, that mm-hmm. God can't fix. And so I brought this question in, and I'm going to let you dive into mm-hmm. the spiritual component of that because I know that the Bible is full of, you know, um, testimonies. Mm-hmm. Right. The type of issues he delivered and healed people from. Right. But I just I guess in today's time, why are we why are we like that? Why do we question or why do we select uh, um, who God can change and how he can change? We, you know. Why do we often put that out there? Um, or, or just the whole context of, you know, the Bible says God can do anything that he's all powerful. Absolutely. Right. And all knowing. Absolutely. And that question, can, can God change anyone? You know, is it so?
1: <laughs> it's absolutely so. Uh, thank you again. Uh, the the part of it, the, the human side of us believes that once we know a person, once we've dealt with a person, once we have um, been in... And around a person that we kind of know them and we think that there is no hope mm-hmm. for change in that person. So we, we kind of restrict that person to just being who they are, no more, no less. Yes. I want to give you a, 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 um, a Malcolm X quote that I've been using with the kids, uh, the children rather, at school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put a quote of the day up every week. Uh we use a weekly message and there's a weekly message every week that we use and we try to get them to ex- explain what this what it sounds like to them. So we've been using these quotes by Malcolm X. Um and the quote goes something like A wise man, uh a wise man or a wise man can play the part of a clown, but a clown can't play the part of a wise man. That's a Malcolm X quote. Okay. A wise man can play the part of a clown, but a clown can't pay, play the part of a wise man. And, and, and so they didn't understand it at first, and I had them think about it. I said, think about what a clown does. A clown has a purpose. That purpose is to either entertain you, to be the center of attention, to make yeah. people laugh. Yeah. You know, some some instances just to scare people, uh, depending on whatever mm-hmm. situation it is. Uh, but the wise man can also play the part of a clown, but because he will study, he'll take the time to learn what it is to do it.
0: Yeah. But then
1: he can also go back to being who he is. Mm. the clown is kind of stuck in that one realm and okay. he has no he that's all he knows so take that same story and then use the story of hold that analogy over here okay and then take the same one and use the story of the scorpion and the frog okay. uh the story goes uh that there's a scorpion and a frog on the side of a river and they're trying to cross the scorpion wants to cross and he asks the frog can you please help me get to the other side of the river and the frog is skeptical he's like oh I don't really mess with you because you know you're a scorpion I don't get out with you like that he's like no man I'm just trying to get to the other side I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm good and so of course the frog was like you know what I got you frog jumps jumps, he says come on climb on my back I'll take you across they fall across the river as soon as they get on the land the scorpion stings the frog because that's what scorpions would do (laughs) right they can't change who they are they can't change who they are right People can't change who they are, mm-hmm. but God can. Okay. God can change people all the time. God can make, if you choose to want to be changed. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah. has to be, there has to be something on the inside of you that has a need or a desire yeah. to change. Yeah. So people ask the question, can people change or are we just victims of, 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 circumstance. of circumstance or victims of I, fate? But uh, people know. can change, but we can't change. But we can't, we, we can change, but we really can't change ourselves no more than a drowning person can save himself. Mm. Okay. Right? All right. Okay. So, so if we're going to go to scripture, if we're going to go to scripture, uh, Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 13 and 23. I'm just okay. going to uh, give you a real quick one. He says, uh, the Bible even asks, can a leopard take away its spots? That's what the Bible asks, the question. Can a leopard take away its spots? Okay. Uh, uh, and the, the answer is No. But it's not – it's more of a, a – most people, it's not them. It's a heart issue. So if I've been raised in an environment that, that only shows me one way mm-hmm. until yes. I put myself in a position to see another way, then my way is the only way that I know that's right. Yes. And, and even though my way may work for me or I believe it works for me, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how it makes you feel. So, so so, it has to be a, an issue of can we, um, can we make different choices? Mm-hmm. And sometimes consequences don't necessarily force us to change.
2: That is true. It just means we're that
1: paying for something. That is true. That's why you have repeat offenders. Yes. Repeat offenders do what they do because, yeah, it's consequences, and they go, you know what? I can, you know, it's just like kids who get used to whoopings. Mm-hmm. I can take the whooping Yeah.
0: because what I was going
1: to do is more important than me. I can, I can deal with that. Yes. You know, so it, the, the the punishment never meets. It's it's understanding what the accountability factor is. Can, can I? Do I understand the damage that I caused? Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to hold myself accountable. Do I care enough? Yes. Yeah. Do I care enough?
2: And and, and I think that we have to have that belief in each other, right? Because some people don't ever make it to that level of self-reflection, Facts. right? Because they're always told there's no hope, they won't ever change, right? You hear those absolute statements mm-hmm, of, you know, watching. That's just in. how she is. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and so that does not motivate nor does that instill hope. Or right. Optimism, mm-hmm. Right, in that particular person. And so, you know, I, I think for purposes of, for me, the takeaway is there is nothing that you can be or do that God can address absolutely right and, and, and we we have to always believe that and not be selective for who we encourage right mm-hmm. with that particular belief. Mm-hmm. does that make sense? It's like mm-hmm. we can't be selective in who we encourage to change
0: mm-hmm.
2: or have, have, have the potential to change and, and and so um I think that that's where we all have to check ourselves. Mm-hmm. to make sure that we're not skewing negativity. We're not, we're not uh, depositing uh, this spirit of you're stuck where you are in people because you mm-hmm. have a personal opinion, right. About who they are and what they won't ever be. Mm-hmm. And you turn that into basically saying that God will ignore them, right. That God mm-hmm. won't even hear them. or well, God is, you know, you're not even looking your way to redeem,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: you know, so, so that's, that's I like that, right? To to know that yes, as an individual, you have to pursue change, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But also that the people around you, you have to make sure you're around people that believe in you, mm-hmm. right? You have to have people around you that at least can say, "Hey, you 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 go ahead and do what you need to do," right? I'm I'm right here with you. If you need anything, or if you need a word of encouragement, I'm gonna have just that much faith in the process, right? That that God has. Uh, that all of us can can um, be delivered mm. if we pursue it, right? But yeah, I I just put that question out there because I just when I hear those statements that so many people are told they can't change,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, they
2: act accordingly. Yeah. Right. It's this role that. Oh, they this, now
1: now I want now I want to meet your expectation. You say I'm this. Right. Let me meet your expectation now, because that's all you see. Yeah. So I'm going to yes. give you all you see. One yes. um, of the best examples in the Bible, because um, I gave you a half of a verse earlier. I didn't really give you a verse. Uh, but in, if, if you, Psalm 51, Psalm half 51. 51. Uh, Psalm 51 is, is the verse where David, after being, um, after being caught in, in, in his transgression um, by Jonathan uh, and being told that God knows about, you know, what he did to get yeah. um, Bathsheba, Uh, David says, created me uh, a clean heart. Uh, Oh, God, renew the right spirit with the right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach others thy ways and sinners shall be converted to me. Then he says, delivered me from my blood guiltiness. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that Thou may my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud Thy righteousness. Uh, that was David saying, "I want to be changed. Yes. Take these, take this desire from, take this this thing from me." So yes. there has to be a need and a want and a desire to change. Yes. Even if you don't know how, if there is the want to, you're already ahead of the game.
2: Pursuit will, will happen. Yeah. You pursue
1: it. You got you, but you, but you, but you gotta want it though.
2: Yes. You gotta want it. Yes welcome everybody welcome felicia praise the lord thank you for tuning in with us sheldon wilson welcome he is on the road felicia says the question can be answered if turned into a statement people struggle with this because we think it's our job instead of letting god do the changing instead of us mm-hmm. god can change anyone period absolutely and 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 they go on to say free will uh, Sheldon says, "Except a man be born again." Yeah. You mentioned Nicodemus, Saul to Paul, Simon to Peter. Yeah,
1: come on, Sheldon. The yeah, crazy
2: man in Luke eight, living in tombs, Yeah, come on, sir. with stone, Absolutely. You know, and, and I think about that, right? The, here, here is, here's the Bible. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2021. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing too hard for God. Hmm. Right. What makes us think that what's going on today? God can address
1: because we are so far removed, and I said this. I said this so many times on, on, on my own show. We have, we we treat God as though He is some sky god sky that god. is, yeah, <laughs> some sky god that is so busy and so far removed, dealing wow. with all of the other things in the world that when we in our mess, He is not paying attention. Right. Uh, so we. Forget that when the when 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 the, when, the, when it says uh, about you know if 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 he's worried about the if his eye is on the sparrow then what why not me mm. right so so if if God can do all of those things then and we we forget that because we treat the Bible like it's just Bible stories instead of our own that's why I tell people all the time it's great to tell people about the stories in the Bible but some people. Some people need to know your biblical story, because if you if you look at our biblical stories, yeah. they are just as good, if not more compelling than the Bible stories. Yeah, yeah we, you and I ain't walking on the water, at least not, you know, not, you know, not not that I know of. <laughs> you walking on it, that's a wonderful thing. Um, Sheldon says we act like heaven has to process claims. Right. I know that's right. <laughs> but we don't forget. We forget how powerful God is because we, we we only you know we we forget we, we our relationship is not where it should be. Right? So we we don't we forget to 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 delve into that resource as often as possible because we don't we don't recognize I'm sorry. We forget to delve into that source. We treat God like you know like I said, like I love what the, I love that that claim, that process claim. Like we have to wait and wait and wait, and it first has to be a desire. Tell me what to do to be born again. What do I need to do? How, how can I be saved? How yes. how can I how can I what what do it's I need to
2: lifestyle. do? Yes. Yeah, and, yes. and and there has
1: to be a real heartfelt desire. You know, I know we're not trying to do the the the, the, the church thing, but if 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 when a person gets up who is a a a, a has, who has no relationship with God. And he walks down that aisle at church. The moment they stand up out of their seat, they've already made the choice. They've already got it in their heads and in their hearts. I want something different. Then when they take that walk down the aisle, they're saying, I'm committing myself to something different. When somebody decides to come to counseling, they're saying, I want something different. What I've been doing is not working. I desire a change. So I'm going to call whoever I need to call. I want to save my family. I want to save my marriage. I want to save whatever it is. I'm going to do whatever's necessary for me and for us, that's, that's where the change starts. Right. But then if you're talking from a Christian standpoint, can absolutely he can, but he's not going to do it just because he's going to do it. When you say, God fix me. Right. When he, when you say, when you say, when you say God fix me or God, I desire change. That's when God moves. He ain't going to move because that's not, because again, I saw Felicia said free will. Yeah. So we have, we we but we have to again be willing. Yeah, we have to be willing to submit. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Good evening, Tiffany. Tiffany, how are you? Welcome. I love these comments going on here. Um, you know, and and, and I I put that question because this evening we're talking about domestic violence awareness and accountability and change, mm-hmm. right? And and so of course we we talk about the facts, right? We've been presenting. Domestic Violence Facts, and so the fact this week, that Did You Know, is one in four women and one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. One in four women, one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence such as beating, burning, and strangulation by an intimate Partner in their lifetime Right now if you're among Four women And you ask that question Have you ever been Physically assaulted Right? Mm -hmm. Has your partner ever Uh You know strangled you Mm -hmm. Hit you with multiple blows Right burned you Whether that's with a cigarette lighter Or you know held your hand over the stove One of you will say yes
1: And what was that number again
2: One in four women Uh huh And one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Mm. And so when I think about, when we we typically think about a violent incident, we do say that is an incident, right? It's Mm -hmm. an occasion. It's an event. It's a situation. But when we think about abuse, it's a pattern. Mm-hmm. And so we, we often have to take a look at many, many people are in abusive and violent relationships, period, mm. because it was not a one-time incident. Mm-hmm. It's a recurrent, right? It's a recurrent event. It's a pattern yeah. of abuse. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about the different types of abuse this month, and now we're just going to zone in on, you know, what what these behaviors that, that need to be addressed, what does change look like okay mm-hmm. but keeping in mind one in four women one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence now as we get into talk about you may say well why why do why why do abusers abuse
0: mm.
2: right that, that's a good question
0: mm-hmm. and,
2: and so we know that the umbrella that we study uh, uh, underneath e- evolves around power and control And and that's a very vague statement in terms of, well, how does one get to desiring such power and control over another person? Well, there's a few things that we know how, right, and what leads to a person desiring power and control by any means necessary in an intimate relationship. And so these are just some factors. I I appreciate this conversation because my desire is that people go and explore more about this themselves to, to feel Um, number one, assess where they are, but also to spread the conversation, to have these uh, conversations with young people, even family members, even with their partners, to say, are we in a healthy relationship, Mm. right? Is this a violent and abusive-free relationship? Mm -hmm. If we clearly define what abuse is, if we clearly define what violent incidents are, are we healthy, right? Are we, we investing in healthy practices, or are we abusive and what we do, mm-hmm. all right, so we know that there's no one a, one answer that explains the how and what leads to people who repeatedly abuse um, others to continue their actions of power and control. but what we do know is that sometimes, if not a good percentage, the pattern of abuse was learned at an early age mm-hmm. in a home where an adult abused another adult we We actually underestimate that particular. Concept, Mm -hmm, right? When we look mm -hmm. at if you, I look at listen to the fights that happen in school, and and, and, and you know, I don't work in the school. I just hear about you know what goes on, and I've done some interventions, worked on a few projects with with some schools,
0: Mm -hmm. but
2: but I've really zoned in on kids fight very hard these days. They fight to severely harm. It's almost like they fight to take each other out, not fight to say hey. You know, let's go and square up. You no. know, get this over with. No. It's fight. It's a fight to take you out. They had to learn that somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's very strong when you say, uh, "What's going on in our homes? What's going on in our communities? Growing up witnessing and/or experiencing violent behavior tends to shape a person's world in terms of victims and perpetrators." Mm. Right, it says here when one spends their childhood as a victim, the tendency is to become an abuser without realizing the tremendous pain being caused to others.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's almost like that child who grows up being abused or misused, and nobody's caring about how they feel. It's like, how then does he, he or she learn to compare to uh, uh, concern themselves with how others feel?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, because I'm mm-hmm. going to hurt you. No, I don't even know how it feels to address when I hurt somebody because nobody addressed me when they hurt me. Right. I had to keep going. And so I, I learned how to, to make people comply because that's how I was treated. Right. I looked at various relationships in my family, whether there were my caregivers, the aunts and uncles and cousins. I looked at people and many times, you know, on this journey, because we work with domestic violence aggressors, the story is often... This is what I saw growing up,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and people stayed in relationships, right? So, so in some cultures, right, and if many, if not all, there's some level of we've all seen an abusive and violent relationship where those two people stayed together. Mm-hmm. And so I learned that this may be the norm. I learned that this may be a way, right, we just make each other comply. You know, and, and so that's just one piece of when you think about where's that whole concept of a person having the audacity, as mm-hmm. we say, to try to control and have power over another person in an intimate relationship. Number one, they could have seen that growing up, and it worked.
1: Yeah. Um, Felicia made a comment, um, her last comment, she says that she mentioned a woman last week, I guess, uh, that was having some yes. okay. mental She said they had to accept the fact that she didn't think it was a problem she has normalization or normalized it rather uh she says i can't help if she thinks i can't help if she thinks nothing is wrong yes yeah, yeah. so you the, the, i mean yes. there is a yes. um you you I, I think there has to be a um a conversation we've had you mentioned fights in schools we had two a fight yesterday uh two big two big fellas. they they now this is middle school these are you know 7th and 8th graders but they tall as me fighting. Okay. So it's like, you know, uh, they, 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 and they fighting like grown men fighting. And then today wow. it was two girls fighting to, uh, wow. uh, two sixth graders fighting, uh, like, you know, like grown women, you know, squaring up. And it, yes. it's, it's a, it's a, I'm not going to fight to say I, I, I stole on you or whatever. I'm fighting mm-hmm. so that you don't get up. That's yes. the mentality is there. And, yes. and there has to be, yes. um, the causation, mm-hmm. if that's, yeah, there, there has to be, there, there ha, we, have to, we have to know what the causation is and recognize that it's coming from somewhere, this need to not just fight, but to fight and destroy versus yeah. I'm just fighting so I can, I'm fighting so I can go home versus I'm fighting so you don't get to go home. Yeah, and I think that bo- that boils over into our violence in our city that I know, we, I don't want to stretch it outside of the, you're, you're dealing strictly with domestic right now, but there is that I believe I believe there are intersecting factors yes. that are, that that are interwound or interwoven. Right. That is that is the cause of all of this 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 rage. Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. Our behaviors, right? Yeah. How we conduct ourselves. Yeah. And, and so that's that's that first point, right? When you think about the the how and what leads to it, Mm -hmm. Uh, a a significant part of this is how a person grows up, their belief systems about women, their belief systems about men and how they should control, right? And Mm -hmm. how one controls, but also how they may have been treated, right? As a certain gender uh, growing up, which includes uh, uh, victimization. And Mm -hmm. overall, this is how men, uh, boys act. This is how girls act. And, you know, if you don't act accordingly, you get punished. Mm. Right. And so, so that, that's, that's that first part of another part is some abusers believe themselves to be victims. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, which they often were, meaning, you know, their experiences in life. But now they've turned it to say, whoever I am now. Right. Because I've been treated or I've been having this experience along the journey of life, I'm now justified in my actions of being violent in my relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And it says here, this type of abuser craves the control that was missing in their early life
0: hmm.
2: so there, there was a time where I didn't have a say so I had to comply and I was forced to comply and you know I'm tired of being a victim and now I've said it in my mind that I'm not going no more
0: hmm. right
2: I'm not I'm not going through this and this is how I'm going matter of fact I'm learning from what was done to me mm-hmm. right and now I have no concept that I may be doing something wrong because now I've, I've told myself I'm mm-hmm. justified Mm-hmm. It's my time now, right? And and I'm going to be in control of this. You're not going to do this. And I'm not going to even allow you to to even act a certain way, right? It's almost like you generalize men and women, whatever relationship you're in, and you're saying, I'm going to treat you accordingly. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't, you know, whoever you tell me you are, it doesn't matter It's who I say you are. right? And I'm going to treat you accordingly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, and, and so when you when you think about this, and we, we're understanding, it's almost like understanding the drive to 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 always maintain power and control over somebody else in a relationship is critical to helping somebody change. Mm-hmm. Right, and that means that what we have to sit down <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and
2: talk to abusers. We have to, and, and I use the word abusers because we have a name for everything, mm-hmm. right? Aggressors, abusers perpetrators, right, whatever this phrase needs to be for this particular conversation, we need to understand that there is a root cause of the need to have power and control. Mm. And this is where intervention comes in, right? And I know that you may say, okay, well, how willing are people um, that identify that that they are abusive or they are violent in their relationships, how likely are they to go get help? Mm -hmm. That depends. Right, because I I, we work with a a large mandated population. (laughs) Mandated, (laughs) right? And and most people think, well, mandated just means they're court ordered. Mm -hmm. Um, I will agree with that. Mandated is is largely largely part court ordered, but there are people who come in under different circumstances that are mandated. So, Mm -hmm. which can range from, uh, uh, you know, they have lost their children in the process of being in, in a violent relationship. There are those who are going through divorce and as a part of, okay, if you want, you know, to address the issues, you know, we have to address these specific dynamics. There are people who, uh, where their partners threaten to leave, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't get help and here they are, we still can say they're mandated because of who? Their partner. Right. He mm-hmm. said, I'm going to leave if you don't get help. Domestic violence is not a relationship problem. So it's not a, I only go get help if we get couples counseling. Mm. Domestic violence, the addressing of violent tendencies, violent behaviors, the need for power and control is not a relationship issue. It is an individual issue. There's nothing we can do in a couples counseling session to address one person's choice to be violent, Mm. right? And and, and that concept concept comes from, it will always be this, if he or she didn't do this, then I wouldn't respond like this. Mm. So we have to eliminate the factor that it is a relationship issue. You make a choice Mm -hmm. to be violent. Mm-hmm. There is, there is, no one can make you in in an intimate relationship be violent. Mm-hmm. In essence, you're saying that you can't control yourself.
1: Unlike unlike the unlike the animal or the scorpion, that's yes. its instinct. Mm-hmm. That's not who you are. We we weren't born violent people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Right, and, and so that's that whole right when you when you say, uh um you know. I wouldn't be violent if it wasn't for this person. Right. Mm-hmm. Part of intervention is exploring. Are you, what are you actually saying when you make that statement? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It, can you control yourself or can you not control yourself? Cause if you're saying this person made you without even forcing you to do it, then how then did they make you
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? And so these intervention programs, they are certified programs, right? Good evening, David. How are you? Welcome. Um, With these intervention programs, it's very structured. So I I, want to really talk about this because intervention for domestic violence aggressors, we call it a certified partner abuse intervention program, is a certified program that ranges from six to nine months. Mm -hmm. So this is not a come for five sessions and you're done. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: A certified partner abuse intervention program is at least six to nine months every week mm-hmm. in every program that's uh, uh, legit is certified by the state of Illinois. We go through a conventionally process and we have a curriculum. We're going to get into properly trained staff to actually address accountability mm-hmm. and where these belief systems and change uh, uh comes from will come from is essential in this process so it takes time right the program is designed to get to the root of the abusive pattern to effect long-term change mm-hmm. all right programs are based on a number of things right which which includes uh domestic abuse uh where they crave attention right those triggers as we call it those those red flags how much do you know about yourself and how you evolved into this person? We go back into, you know, systems of childhood and even some of the things that they've experienced in their relationships where they still feel the need, right, to gain power and control of another person. So there is a, a, a certified program to help domestic violence abusers. All right. And so so really getting into that, you know, searching out those programs, there are many out there. I put the link on our page at Healthy Soul Talk. There's a link there that says if you're in Illinois and you're searching for a certified domestic violence program, DHS has the most current list of providers in the state of Illinois. Right. In every county, there's just about a provider um who provides these services. And of course, Healthy Soul Talk is one of those providers. Uh, but I'm, I'm all about accessibility, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you down south and, you know, in the southern part, you know, there's there's somebody out there for you. We're virtual, so we can meet you online, right, <laughs> on Zoom. Mm-hmm. So that that's, that's not going to be an issue uh, um, if you really want to get help. And so back to the certified program, right? The certified program, um, it, it, it positions a person to think about how to take accountability.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know what? That's not easy. Right? How do you ask someone to come into this space for approximately 26 weeks mm. and talk about what happened, what went left,
0: mm-hmm.
2: how do you see your role, what belief systems do you need to dismantle? It's almost like taking apart a, a, a robot, right? You mm-hmm. know those robots who had a bunch of screws and take out all the screws and then put yourself back together Mm. Do you know how vulnerable a person has to become?
1: And it's a choice.
2: And it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we we as providers have to be gentle to say if you allow us to support you on this journey,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? You will see that we're non-judgmental. You get the same confidentiality as the same as the person who's going through individual counseling mm-hmm. or you know some other program that we have. There is no, oh, you, you, you abuse somebody, you come on up in here so we can tell you like it is. Mm-hmm. That's not a certified partner abuse intervention program. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the conception, right? Sometimes uh, uh, people are turned off because they feel like, oh, if, if I'm going through this, right, or if I'm doing this, you're going to judge me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell you about all the arrests that I've had or how many times the police have been called out because – you hearing that i don't know how you're going to look at me facts you, you understand what i'm facts. saying and, and i'll get to some questions in a moment to where this is how deep we go in this program to say we we know you were abusive we know you were violent but let's really talk about how this looks and that's not easy to ask somebody can you tip, can you be specific with what you called your partner don't you tell me you called them out of their name I, I need mm. you to tell me what you said
1: Yeah, I called them a so-and-so
2: <laughs> You have to I'm saying? A low
1: down so dead-and-so you,
2: you have to be You have to create a safe space Even yeah. for this program If we want effective change Yeah you, you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because the only way we get to the root is to say, tell me what you really did. Tell me how you really were. Mm-hmm. Because you need to hear it and I need to hear it to figure out this new plan of action. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: There, there, um, I want to get to Felicia. I don't know if you... Did okay. you the Felicia thing says uh, she said, doing research, I see most domestic relationships, uh, some establish control early, like the Icon situation. Okay. So when the situation continues to escalate, the person has no support or anywhere to go. Um." There, there is a um, – I think we, we – when you talk about that safe space, it – we have – when we talk about a safe space, it has to be a place where what we talk about here is not going to affect us when we leave.
2: Correct.
1: Right? That's, yes. That's what – that's the, yes. that's the yes. goal of the safe space. Yes. Meaning yes. – Meaning we can pull off the bandaid in here. Yes. Say what we have to say. Yes. But when we leave, Yes. we shouldn't be worse than when we got here. Yes. But a lot of times that's not the case.
2: I think, so I want to be clear with this. Okay. There's some folks who say they uh, help people with domestic violence issues mm-hmm. and they've not been properly trained. Oh, my. Oh, my. Right. So, oh my. So, so I'll say this, and huh? I'll, take, I'll I'll take the backlash if I need to. Just call me at seven zero eight four eight three eight four five five. Call in here three two three eight seven
1: zero four three seven five. Call in right now. How about that? And thank you, to, if We we forget to mention our YouTube viewers. We have YouTube viewers too as well. Thank you. Those so, watching on YouTube right now. Uh-huh.
2: If you're with a therapist and you're telling them that that you do all these abusive actions mm. in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you're, you're honest and upfront, and they turn that into, okay, let's, let's make this a treatment goal for the next 30 days. That's a problem. Mm. Because we look at domestic violence, abuse, mm-hmm. like addiction, right? Mm. Addiction has a special model. Addiction has a special training. And this ongoing training, right? We we have uh, where we go through, you know, 60 hours of training. We go through 150 hours of supervision. We take a test. We take an exam to get certified license, and we have to renew that license every two years, which involves going through ongoing uh, continuing education, um, you know, classes, mm-hmm. right? So we never stop being trained. We never stop as, uh, doing research and looking at, Effective practices and what's happening As technology evolves and social Media evolves right we never Stop learning so if if you're you're With a provider who is not A certified Partner abuse intervention Professional yes that is an Individual credential Mm -hmm. There is a problem Right because Number one two or three sessions Is not going to address The underlying root cause of Domestic abuse when it comes to power and control. Right? right. So you're doing a disservice for this person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Because that person has a lot of other issues that can, they can bring up in counseling. So who's to say you're even going to stay on track
0: mm. with
2: addressing this, this, this focus of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. So, so, yes, if your provider is not certified, right, that is, I need you to look otherwise. I'm not saying leave them for other other issues that mm-hmm. you may be addressing, mm-hmm. but for that specific issue, right? Look for a specialist. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's vitally important. All right, and I stand on that because there there there's a method to this whole thing when we talk about rehabilitation, and it has to be done appropriately and it has to be done right. Even when we in marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. And we hear where one of the partners, one of the spouses, are 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 violent. They're abusive. We have to refer them to an appropriate program. We can't just say, "Hey, we'll see you next week, right?" I want you to go home and 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 um tell tell each other how much you love each other. <laughs> That's the homework assignment. After you just told me, right, that you are physically and emotionally abusive towards your spouse, and I did not refer you, right, you as this one person in this relationship to the appropriate service to address your issue. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So it, it has to be where that understanding is there is an appropriate outlet to address domestic violence, partner abuse, uh, intervention uh, needs. Okay. So, so looking at that now, I want to get to, right. Cause, cause this is where I want to go. When you say, okay, what goes on right uh, uh, in these programs, because I want to encourage somebody to say, if it's that deep, right, it's worth it mm. right If it's that deep if and I'm just gonna get into the the assessment to get in the program okay, so even let's take a look at that so 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 even if you tell us um you've been abusive, however way you you're coming into the program, we still have to do an assessment to to say let's let's see intensity of this mm-hmm. let's assess you know you let's let's get to know you and and what's happened in your life. So we can make sure we address your needs, right mm-hmm. your needs that you need to 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 look at to do change so a part of this assessment is of course, we get into if you've had any previous counseling needs um uh, if, if so, who was that? Uh, we get into asking questions about previous relationships. we also do what's called a uh medical screening
0: mm.
2: right because think about that person who's sick, mhm. Right, And, and, you know, we go through things. If you've never, ever known someone who was very irritable because they were not feeling well, they were told some bad news about their health, and now they're just lashing out, as Mm -hmm. we say, Mm -hmm. with everybody, you can see why that's a relevant question, right? Because they're not feeling well, and they don't even know how to handle the news Mm. of their current health status right? Mm. And so you see how we begin to formulate, okay, I'm getting to know you, right? I'm getting to know much more about you, just asking you about your medical history and, and, and all that you have gone through. Then we get into how you see yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Talking about depression and anxiety and what you've experienced, even if you thought about suicide or tried to carry out suicide. If you thought about self harm you'd like, well, but they're here for domestic violence, but they're still human. Mm-hmm. We, we need to know the, the whole person, right? So understanding the mindset of an abuser is very key, right? That's our job is to get into the mind, to get into the being of an abuse. So yes, we want to know if they've ever thought about suicide or self-harm. Yes, we want to know if they've ever tried to carry out suicide, right? Mm-hmm. That's very relevant to how they see themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so you ever know somebody that 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 wasn't okay with themselves, and they've all, they always tried to control the situation because they were uncomfortable in the skin that they were in, mm. right? It was always no, you do this right the way I I need you to do it because mm-hmm. I don't want that spotlight on me,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? So you got to make me look good,
1: right, right,
2: right? You got to make me look good, okay? Uh, uh, wait, let's we have some comments here. Felicia says, absolutely, my payment is larger because. She is a a domestic violence victim and was supposed to move to a safe place. Ah, but that is obviously not working because he lives there. Who is controlling that? Wow. 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 Hmm. Wow. Okay. So here we go. Boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) In this assessment, we go on to examine, right, in this relationship of which you have been most recently violent in, the one that got you the case or the one that's, you know, being discussed. How many times has law enforcement intervened in any way in a conflict between you and your partner? Wow. Think about that question. How many times has law enforcement, right, had to come out and intervene in any way between you and your partner? Mm. And if you were arrested, we go on to ask: Was it for battery, threats, violation of an elder protection, destruction of property, breaking and entering, mm-hmm. trespassing, right, stalking, uh, uh, telephone misuse, telephone harassment? These mm-hmm. are things we 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 go through. Like, tell us about this relationship, this last one, mm. right? What what was it saturated with? Mm. In, in in whose behavior right goes goes with what then we go on to ask right have you ever violated any order for protection or have you ever had uh, orders of protection against you now we talked about last week where if you ask that question to the person you're dating right mm-hmm. number one do you ask and number two what you what would you do if they did say that there were previous orders of protection against them in other relationships hmm. Right. And so in this assessment, we, we, we evaluate that. OK, now I want to go to to where we talk about um, some specific behaviors. Oftentimes I ask, how long have you been in a relationship? Mm. And so uh, uh, if you've been in a relationship five years, I would ask you questions about how many times have you cursed at your partner? And I mean, cursed them out. Now, you may say that's a very uh, unrealistic, right, question to ask somebody, how many times have they cursed out their partner? Now, that's coming from the voice of an abuser who's not yet aware that that is one of the most toxic behaviors in a relationship, Mm. right, to say, I can't remember how many times I've cursed out my partner. Wow. Wow. Does that make sense? Like, like when you think about that concept, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have you cursed out your partner, right? If you have an unlimited or un, you know, it's been so many I lost count. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem? Absolutely. Right? Is that a problem? You know, we also go on to ask, um, do you treat them like they're beneath you? Uh, do you make them give an account for their their whereabouts? And how they spend their time?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, do you restrict their use of the telephone? Hmm. Do you tell... What?
1: Hmm. <laughs> wow.
2: Right? Yeah. It, it, yes, we have them. I think we talked last week about how to, um, what you call it, how to track,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right, mm-hmm. phones and, and all those different features. We, mm-hmm. we have that. That's part of the profile. And we look at, you know, do you blame, as an abuser, do you blame your partner for your problem? How often do you blame your partner for your problem? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh cursed out my partner and still you know what Felicia and still went to church. Well
1: she's like... <laughs> Wait a minute, what I missed.
2: <laughs> so, right? Uh we ask these questions where it's, whether it's frequently, very frequently, rarely, or never. Now one of the things that we look at as a red flag is if you say you've never done this in a relationship.
1: So, and this is your first time? Or what? No, what so, do you mean? So
2: if you're in a relationship for, let's just, I stick with five years. Okay. If you're in a relationship for five years, mm-hmm. and I say, um, how many times, uh, how often, rather, have you called your partner out of their name? Mm-hmm. And the, the range is never, rarely, occasionally, frequently, or very frequently. Mm-hmm. You say never, mm. right? And then I have uh, 11 points that I ask here, you say never to everything, mm-hmm. that's a red flag to us.
1: Mm. Red flag, red flag.
2: <laughs> right, because it's like, <laughs> it's like, you're here for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know something happened, mm-hmm. but how is everything never?
0: Mm. Right?
2: How is mm-hmm. everything never? Okay, so so just because you, you deny ever engaging in these behaviors, we actually view that as, you know, you're guarded. Right. You're guarding. And, and so we, we don't pressure you. Right. We don't say, hey, you know, let's stop until you tell us the truth. We we actually we actually note down what you say. right? No.
1: He <laughs> never did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <probably>, go ahead.
2: <laughs> All right. So so looking at that. Right. So then we get into tell us the first incident of physical violence in your relationship. And I can't tell you countless times just just you know being in this field we, we 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 um we're constantly trained, and we know statistically the first incident of physical violence tends to happen early in the relationship mm-hmm. the first incident right, and that can essentially mean um they grabbed their partner right, or they pushed shoved them out the way, mm. they broke something right. It, it tends to happen early on in a relationship, okay. And then we talk about the most last, the most recent incident. What's the worst
0: mm.
2: incident? And this is where we hear the most injuries occur. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we could do the the first, the most recent,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and the worst. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we get into how do you typically handle conflict in a relationship? Again, this is where we hear various things right and so i i hope that you know listening to this as you can hear we're not so su- we're not surface with this stuff mm-hmm. and you can you can understand why a person could be resisted in the beginning right because we're asking them vulnerable questions about them it's almost like holding up a mirror right because all these questions say they're talking about you mm-hmm. right? they're talking about you tell us what you did tell us the situation But we need to know you. If you were responding to something, we need to know how you responded. And Mm. that's so not easy, right? There's a lot of patience and understanding that still, even in domestic violence, when we're treating, you know, this particular person in this program, there's still a level of compassion, empathy, understanding that we need to have to make sure they are in a safe space to continue on going into their their journey of change, Mm. right? The journey of change. All right, here we go. Doctor Brown, how are you? Oh, he says my wife and I have never called each other out of our names, and we've been married for over twenty years.
1: Wow. All right. Wow. Yeah. That's good.
2: It is. Like, that is it... good. <laughs> what? That's that, you,
1: you red flag. Red flag.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait
1: a minute. But What's then you see, story? you see his response.
2: Which one? <clears throat> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move on. <laughs> Speaking of physical, he said I got physical a lot. And I'm not gonna even read it to that physical, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, now, now the first one you that 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 scale was rarely, never, occasionally, frequent. This particular scale asks the number: how many times have you actually done this? We mm. need a number, okay? And zero can be. So here we okay. go. Okay. In the five years that you've been with in this relationship, mm-hmm. how many times have you threw something, mm-hmm. thrown something, I'm sorry, thrown something at your partner?
1: Throw something at your partner. At them. In anger? Yes. Oh, okay, not just because you was trying to? No. Okay. okay. Okay.
2: How many times have you pushed your partner? How many times have you shoved them, grabbed them, slapped them, spanked them? And when I say spanked, that is not a... Uh, uh, in the uh oh
1: not in that vernacular not- <laughs> you don't know I mean okay
2: got it i i never forget when i first started this <laughs> 10 years ago i actually had someone who said mm-hmm. a part of their abuse on that particular day or night mm-hmm. they whipped their partner with the belt oh okay not like a child oh as in
1: Let me give you a spanking.
2: Like this this person said I didn't like the response that I got. Mm-hmm. They know not to do that. Mm-hmm. So I took off my belt and I whipped them oh, as if they, they were my just, ch- yes. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. right so then. so you know. That, and I'm sure they're not the only one, right, to have done that.
1: Yeah, well, you know.
2: Right. So so.
1: Move on, Doctor Brown. Move on. Just move on. Just move. right. <laughs> and,
2: and so thinking about that, some more stuff here. How many times have you kicked your partner?
1: Like super kick?
2: Kicked. I'm talking. I, <clears throat> I, my experience. and You may think, who can do this to a partner, right? I think sometimes it's baffling when we, you know. Our assessments are our assessments, so we're we're kind of conditioned. But there are there have, known people to yeah. throw their partners to the ground and, and then stomp and stomp kick. them or yes.
1: or be behind them and yes. kick them in the back.
2: Yes. There yeah. We go. It's
1: yeah. It's yes. it's it it can get that nasty. I've seen. I've I've read and seen instances. Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh. uh um. And and looking at physically force um your partners to have sex right, when you think about that whole concept of now you're making, mm. right, now you're making your partner out of punishment, mm-hmm. right, have sex with you, right, uh, even to to um, beating your partner with multiple blows,
0: mm.
2: right, when you think about that, like the whole concept of that is, this is a person you say you love, this is the person you say you respect,
0: mm-hmm. right, but mm-hmm.
2: and let me retract that statement, because Typically, we don't hit that particular part, right? Mm-hmm. But really, looking at when you say hit with multiple blows, and they're down. Mm-hmm. We talked about fighting earlier. Mm-hmm. Some of some of how we see the kids fighting. Uh, there are some young adults who actually fight their partners that way,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Like swinging on, as in now I'm fighting my partner like they are, mm-hmm. right? Somebody, you know, out on the street, okay. So so really get serious. And then we ask, how many times have you drove recklessly to scare them? Mm. Right? And you think about that. Like, I don't know if you remember where there were times where, where um, well, maybe not, but, but partners were pushed out of cars on the expressway,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Or they're driving recklessly in the sense of they get out on the expressway, you know, voluntarily because of how you're driving. Mm-hmm. You know, this uh, this matters when you talk about behaviors in power and control. How many times have you threatened your partner with a knife or a gun? Mm-hmm. How many times have you used a knife or a gun? All right. So these are the things that we ask about, you know, when we, when we try to quantify, you know, what has your pattern of physical abuse been like? How many times have you burned your partner? Right. How many times have you, you know, uh, um, through them bodily, like pick them up and literally just toss them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and if, if you, if you look at that list that I just said, somebody can answer one time to all of these. Right. And that would be excessive. Absolutely. You understand? Cause each thing I just said is a standalone category.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And so just, just thinking about that, if it goes beyond one, now we're getting a, a, a sense of what your pattern was, how you've been responsive in these particular relationships. Another part of that is right after we ask you that, we go into what 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 were the injuries, right? Were they deep cuts? Were there black eyes? Were there broken bones? Were there injuries to the nose, the ear, you know, kidney damage, did they have to be hospitalized? Mm-hmm. Like really when you think about, you know, Do you fully understand the magnitude of your abusive behavior? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And and I I oftentimes see when I'm asking these questions, that person who's like, wow, okay, right, this is uncomfortable,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: right? Because now I have to remember what I've done Mm -hmm. over the years.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I don't like the way I'm looking to myself right i don't like the way i'm looking to myself because these questions you're asking me i actually have an answer for mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you ask me has my partner ever had a concussion right wow. or when i strangled them i have to ask you did they lose consciousness
1: and you have to give an answer Yeah. yeah because now it's making you own it yes yeah now you're owning it yes yeah,
2: yeah. now now even in the assessment process we yeah. talk about the accountability we absolutely talk about, this is the starting point of understanding what's to come what's ahead in this particular this particular program right mm-hmm. okay then you know another part of this evaluation is talked about the children mm. right if you have children depending on the age we get into have they ever seen you be abusive
0: mm-hmm.
2: mm. right and we don't wow. leave it at that we say okay if if your kids you know if their kids in the home or or were in the home if you live together, um, how are they at school? We we get into the whole, okay, are there any issues with the children at school? How did you, if you have multiple kids, do they get along? Do you have any concerns with how they treat you and the parent? Have they ever been violent mm. towards you or the other parents? Mm. Right? Because now we're seeing what the what the domino effect could be and what can actually keep right this, this violence in place now that we have kids involved. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And Absolutely. So this, is, this is, again, I'm only on page 10, Jeez. right, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: of this assessment, because it's, this, this is serious business,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: We're getting into the life of the abuser, right? Mm-hmm. So once we assess the kids, how they're doing, and if they've ever been abused, we ask you about you and how you grew up, mm. right? Now we need to know, have you ever been physically abused, sexually abused, or emotionally abused? Who did you grow up in the home with? Have you ever seen your parents hit each other? Right? Help
1: help me with this one yes, because yes. there's this this thing with with raising children and putting hands on children. Okay. At what point is cuz that that I guess, you know, if you're whipping your child to the point of injury,
2: spanking. That
1: is a that is yes, that is a form of
2: <laughs> child abuse.
1: Child abuse. Yes. I guess the question is at what point is it because at any point it could be called child abuse. Okay. The minute you decide to use a a belt to hit a child, they could you know if, yeah. if a a
2: weapon
1: a over the top super
2: yeah
1: whatever could say oh you're you're abusing your child yeah. because you spanked them on the bottom yes or whatever yes. At what time do I mean I guess where 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 is the line drawn for a therapist if a child says. Well, I got spankings as a child and that's why I'm the way I am because that's that because I mean,
2: if I have an adult who says, yeah, I got because, because right.
1: there are there, there are some in the education realm mm-hmm. that believe that form of punishment, um, creates, uh, for lack of better words, it, it starts to create the thing. Well, uh, beating you into submission. Mm, okay that, yeah that, that's been the the the, the thought process yeah. whereas in in for us it was our parents thought it was normal yes and it was thought it was normal for the school if the school said hey we use paddles and we need you to be okay with it and they and some people signed, they signed off yeah. on it
0: yeah
1: um what's your thoughts on that i know you this is domestic but i know that you tied the children so i'm wondering how that
2: so so most times i hear in that particular section where it acts you know the person being interviewed about their history. Mm-hmm. It's excessive in the sense of it was clear abuse.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: It, it wasn't. Let me rephrase that. There are some instances where you hear, "Yeah, when I did something wrong." Yeah, spilling
1: right? milk, yeah. knocking the milk, the glass of milk over, is not a, a excuse for you to get whooped with a Hot Wheel racetrack. Hot Wheel racetrack. Yeah, that.
2: And, and that's the difference that I hear. So yeah. remember, so. We ask the how mm-hmm. and, and what leads a person to abuse. We, we do this line of questioning because we know that not everything will apply to that how and what led. Yes. Right? So I, I hear a distinct difference in that person who discloses, right, my, my stepfather or my mother used to do this to me. I didn't understand why. I mean, they used to go crazy. There's some dialogue that comes out yes. when this is disclosed. And I, and I hear and I see the residue right, of the trauma of that. But then there are those who say, yeah, you know, back then I was wild, right? But, you know, that was it. I wasn't called out of my name, right? Mm-hmm. I just remember this one time. that, that mm-hmm. also, There's almost like, okay, I remember when.
0: Mm-hmm. right?
2: When I when I did come in the house like I was supposed to, mm-hmm. right? And, and my mom and dad went off on me. So I, I actually hear, as a clinician, right, my, my ear is trained a certain way to listen for, it. is this part of how you got to Right Power and control and being an abusive relationship, just this piece, because guess what? Mm-hmm. Now that may be a piece that I have to help you navigate through. Mm-hmm. Right being abused as a child and having those scars.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. We're talking about residue. We're talking about unresolved issues that have to go into the treatment of this person, right? So I feel like if you fast forward nowadays, it's just so much violence in the home period. Mm-hmm. You, you understand when siblings are fighting, you know, mm-hmm. there are many people living in the same household who's fighting. Uh, couples are fighting. Boyfriends, girlfriends are coming and going. They're fighting. So it's everywhere. So they're learning how to fight, period. And they happen to, okay, you get you get the same person out that mama or daddy's partner gets.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. it's almost like there's no distinguishment sometimes in this is what we do, mm-hmm. right, kids? You as educators get the mouth, yes. right, because the same way my mama curses out her boyfriend um, the same way she curses out me, mm-hmm. so why not curse you out because that's how my mom, or that's how, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm doing what I see. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it works, right, because I see what happens <laughs> mm-hmm. when mama or whoever does. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So I feel like there's a lot more, stuff mm-hmm. that goes into the concept of, you know, this child is being spanked. It's a lot more that's yeah. Leaving residence. Absolutely with that. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I just want to throw it out there. Yeah. Okay. uh
2: so a long night we, we we're getting a better understanding of, you know, how they were growing up, right, getting into the family of have they ever seen their mom hit their dads and again these questions sometimes it's devastating for that person. Now I want you to understand these, this line of questioning, right? I'm asking them to go back to a painful part of their life, Mm. right? And I say painful because nine times out of ten, this person did not want to see their mother or father being abused, Mm -hmm. essentially like that, right? So me asking these questions, they're not putting necessarily together, hey, this is to assess, you know, how you got to be who you are. This is, okay, wow, you, you bringing up some stuff. Right, mm-hmm. and so you bringing up some stuff, you you better be ready to help me through this. Now that you pulled this out of my subconscious right. and brought this to the front, right? Right. So so when I say there's a method to the madness, and find you a certified mm-hmm. person to help you with this, this is how deep this goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's keep it moving here. We, we we talk about your family, how you grew up, what you saw, what was left there. Right now, we're gonna talk about in this relationship, this five year relationship. Tell me about the sexual right part of this relationship, and now this is where it gets what, why why you why you gotta ask me about that well, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's a part of mm-hmm. a relationship, so we actually ask you right um are you satisfied with the sexual relationship you have with your partner, mm. Because there's a such thing as sexual abuse in a relationship, right? The wow. threat of cheating, the yeah. threat of using sex as a weapon, mm-hmm. right? If you're not satisfied, are you angry? Because mm. they may not do, or you, whatever the case is, were you satisfied in this relationship sexually? Mm. Okay? And, and we get answers to that. Okay, okay. <laughs> we, get, we get answers to that. Another thing we talk about is... Uh, um, uh, have you experienced any problems in your sexual functioning that concern you while you were in this relationship?
0: Mm.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. You see the safe space that needs to be here, mm-hmm. right? Because this we're going here, right? We, we just went a little bit deeper, right? We just went a little bit deeper in this whole thing. But that's not it. We also ask, what happens, right, when there were times when you wanted to be sexual and your partner did not? Mm. What did you do?
0: Mm. Okay.
2: Right. What happened when you wanted to be sexual and your partner did not? And then we reverse that question. What happens when your partner wanted to be sexual and you did not? Mm. Right. Have you ever had arguments about sex?
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Have you ever had, or do you have, arguments about sex? What was the outcome? Mm. What well, typically what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Have these sexual conflicts ever led to violence? All right, thinking about this, this is huge. This is huge. The thought of your partner cheating can spark an outrage.
1: Absolutely, this, absolutely.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. Here we are talking about. You know, you don't give it to me when I want to. You must be giving it to somebody else. Oh, you can't that's... have the headache tonight because I want it. So you better do something,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? You, you... <laughs> <laughs> what, what you say, Tanya? Huh? What we'll just... <laughs> 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 you? know that's hitting me. Right, sense. right. I can seriously, jump off just from this the concept of right. Why you don't want to get down tonight?
1: Right. These are facts. These are big facts. Okay.
2: Then this question about have you ever emotionally pressured your partner to be sexual when they did not want to?
1: Emotional pressure.
2: Mm. Have you ever emotionally pressured? Okay. How bad did you make them feel Mm. just to get them to have sex with you? That How many that... names were they called?
1: Wow, I don't think that's a good idea, though. You got to call them names. I don't
2: like no name, what? Wait. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, some some people need some help.
2: Think about that, right? Mhm. Even financial. This is where financial abuse. is. Remember that True. purse that you True. asked for.
1: True. True. Mhm.
2: Remember that outfit. Remember that trip you want to go
1: on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay.
2: That's that's emotional. That's Psychological abuse trying to get you some.
1: Right, right.
2: And we don't really think about how that tactic impacts the other person.
0: Mm. Right? So
2: sometimes it's not, you know, we can have all these other types of abuse happening, which is why we ask these questions before it actually leads to a physical occurrence. Mm hmm Right. So so it's relevant for this because we need to see the ramp up. We need to see how 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 did the relationship become violent now that you have been arrested or you've been mandated or now you've been threatened. Mm -hmm. Right. With jail time or you're losing your family. Right. There's some other stuff that went on.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. That could have led up to because the physical is not always the first. Absolutely. Right. The physical is not always the first. Right. So we get into, you know, have you, you physically pressured others? Mm-hmm. Right. To, to to have sex with you going. Then we ask, have you ever been arrested for rape or sexual assault? Notice we said arrested, not convicted. First. There's a
0: difference. There is a difference.
2: There's a difference.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's a difference right. Because the next question is, have you ever been convicted? Mm-hmm. OK, again, looking at who you are, your patterns. And mind you, we have to be judgment free during this process. Right, During this process, okay, so 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 thinking about you know, that's that section. Now, this last section we get into is the substance use,, mm-hmm. right, the substance use here. Uh, uh, do you drink alcohol? Do you take mood-alterant uh, uh, substances? You know, you may say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Sometimes people escalate their abusive behaviors when they are under the influence of a drug. I'm not going to even say alcohol. Right. Under the influence of a drug. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so it's relevant to ask, you know, if you drink, how often do you drink? Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we asked, were you intoxicated during the times that the police came out to intervene?
1: Wow.
2: Right. Because if there's a substance use issue, let's just say we identify in this screening here mm-hmm. that you have a substance use issue. And sometimes that is the case. We need to refer you to a treatment provider because we can't dress your substance use to in domestic bodies. Mm. And mm. that's how we assess the needs of this person is saying, what if you do have an addiction? Mm-hmm. Right. You still need services to help you on your journey to change. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's the whole. Cause
1: sometimes one feeds the other. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And they're trying to cope, right? When yes. you think about, okay, we can get—that's a whole other topic. But understanding they use for a reason, yes. and if they're trying to cope with or whatever it is, managed, yes. yes, that does play a factor in how they relate, right? How they relate to you, okay? So, so we go down the list of substances, right? Have you ever used? Have you ever tried? Is there anything that you you are, you know, currently using because that's relevant to you not coming to to group, mm-hmm. right? Hi or under the influence of anything. And so we, we, we go from there, right? It's a group setting, right? It's designed for it to be a group setting where you have a male and female facilitator. And these groups are not large, most range from, you know, five to seven or seven to 12, depending on the, you know, the demand for that particular facility, but we're Mm capped, right? So you just don't have a bunch of, Men in one group, a bunch of women in one group, where they can't talk and address the core issues. So that's the other thing. It's a very um, um, small, right, safe environment to address these issues, just to make sure you get what you need to for the necessary change. And there isn't such thing as male and female groups, right? So no, these groups are not combined. They they have their own stand-alone groups,
0: okay? Mm-hmm. And,
2: and so understanding that, you know, mm-hmm. women can be aggressors just as much as men can and mm-hmm. there's a group also for them same condition yeah they, they get the same assessment
1: okay that's fair
2: you, you understand what i'm saying the that's same fair. assessment there's no hey you know let's fluffy this up or make right. it a little bit more equal cold. rights <laughs> equal rights it's equal a egalitarian right. approach come yes, on it is and and you know what you know uh we we talk about being victims right prior to this relationship that you're in going South and you have a case or whatever you mandated for. Mm -hmm. We know that, that typically women, when they do, um, when they are the aggressors, there's a significant uh, percentage where they were the victim for so long in that particular relationship. And they reversed, Mm -hmm. right? Meaning they said, no, I'm going to stay in this relationship, but now I'm about to get you.
0: Okay. Right, okay. and they do
2: catch the case. Okay, right. so that does happen, but there's a very small percentage that 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 does not apply to mm-hmm. where their belief systems about how men are supposed to take care of them and do this, this, and this comes into play. And when that does not happen, mm-hmm. then there are some consequences to that. So I can't say that you know we have this you know imbalance here with you know most all women are treated as though they've been victims. Yes, there is a, a significantly higher percentage, but there are also a percentage where women—they just that's their design, right? This mm-hmm. is how they were taught by the women in their life. I mean, there's some there's to this day. There are some women that are teaching their young girls how to um, mm-hmm. treat a man, meaning check, keep in check, right? What to do with their money, how to how to take advantage of. There mm-hmm. are some women right now teaching their young women. And then young girls how to do this and what to do if they don't comply.
0: Mm.
2: Right. So we kind of that's that's really the push for this as well is understanding that Mm -hmm. there are there's a healthy way of approaching relationships. And it's not based on reality shows. It's not based on right that that, you know, um, men owe you something or women owe you something. We have to start dismantling. It's like I I feel like it's being uh, it's high tech right now with the concept of what men owe women today and vice versa. Okay. Right. Based on social media and I see a lot of things where you know, entitlement uh, looks a little different.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm
2: talking within the first 30 30 days of meeting somebody. Mm -hmm. You you know what I'm saying? So we're we're trying to keep up, right? We're we're very much in the trenches for saying, wait, now what's going on with the DV now where you're catching cases within the first 30 days of knowing somebody. Mm. Right? We're talking this is cuffing season. Right. So let's be clear. October, as they say, has officially started cuffing season.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? It's some folk this is our highest season for domestic violence. Right? Because mm-hmm. you have two people who have decided to, to become exclusive for the sake of not wanting to be alone during this holiday season. Mhm. Right, and now we don't even know each other. And we don't even know how to act. We trying to live together, you know. You moving your toothbrush in all this kind of stuff, and you know you still trying to kick it with your girls or your boys, and we ain't talked about this. Mm-hmm. So, so even with that, that don't get caught up in the cuffing season, because because you may you may catch a case, right? If if both both of y'all ain't on the same page with what this arrangement looks like.
1: Well, okay.
2: Right, because mm-hmm. in the spring it's gonna be over. <clears throat> right, it, it <clears throat> don't get comfortable. Right. Right. You can't. Even... <laughs> you no, these can't are even facts. Come... These are facts. Right. So, so understand, it's not just marriages or long term relationships mm-hmm. that get caught up in catching cases. It's the ones that are happening right now. If somebody is somewhere discussing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right, how we're gonna be in this season, how we're gonna be these, you know, in these holidays, but by by uh, what's that? February, right? Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it may look a little different
1: for you. Well, these are these are are big facts as well.
2: (laughs) All right. So, y'all, listen, I hope that that helps somebody. Right. And obviously, you may say, how can I get help for myself or the person that I know who may benefit from these very, very, you know, services that I've talked about, partner abuse intervention services. If you go to my page, um, there is a post there about finding a certified partner abuse intervention program. And that is the link to DHS that lists all the paid programs in the state of Illinois, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't want to go to the website, feel free to call us at the office, 708-483-8455. We do have a certified program, but if you just want to know more about the program and what what it all entails and you know what the expectations are, and even when it comes to you know funding or, or if if insurance is accepted, if you just have questions, I feel like treat this as a part of your mental wellness plan. Mm-hmm. Just like if you were seeing a counselor or therapist for depression, anxiety or some other conditions that you're feeling, changing jobs, you know, needing to make career choices. Treat this as part of your mental wellness plan. Mm-hmm. I am going to give myself help. I am going to give this information to, to my loved one because I know, right, that there is now help. That there's a specialized approach that is non-judgmental in this expect, and it's not uh, uh, brief. Mm-hmm. right it, it is an investment of time to explore what needs to be done call us right we'll answer any questions you have just to help you get the resource that you need hmm. all right so so there we are we have concluded this month uh next week i'm out at a at a, a conference for our profession illinois counseling association so so where's your
1: conference going to be at
2: it is going to be in naperville oh
1: Okay, I thought you was going out of town. Don't
2: do that now. That's that's in uh, February. I'm going to Florida. For the American Florida. Counseling Association. Oh. Counseling. Oh. Yeah. So I have to say. have to stay educated.
1: Okay, educated. It's <laughs> your continuing education yeah, credit. Yeah, yeah. Stay so certified.
2: I, I'm determined to to gain all this knowledge and bring it back to my community. Okay. Right. Okay. I I feel like we deserve top notch. So I'm making my due diligence to go get the top notch, right, and bring it back um, and display it. All right. So there you have it. Thank you all so much for sticking with us this evening. I know it was a lot. It it probably, you know, sparked some thoughts, some conversation, but I really encourage you to go think about it, give this information to someone, or like I said, call us, follow us on social media platforms. We still have there uh, the services that we offer. All right. And we will see you all in November uh, going into the holidays. So we definitely going to talk about seasonal depression. All right. Um, and, and how to overcome